0: Commons, a podcast featuring researchers, innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, and community builders who are improving the human condition in your own backyard and around the globe. I'm your host, Tom Osha. Welcome to the Commons. I'm Tom Osha, and we are again coming to you today from AURP 2021, the International Conference in Salt Lake City, Utah. My guest this morning is Brian Darmody. He is the President and CEO of AURP. Brian, welcome to the Commons. Thank you, Tom. So last night was the celebration of 35 years of AURP going back to its founding in 1986. Tell me, where does the organization go in its next 35 years?
1: And just to clarify, I wasn't there in 1986, <laughs> but I have been involved in uh, economic development and uh, community place building from, uh, you know, I, previously I worked at the University of Maryland in College Park in a variety of roles from lobbyist to in the legal office to uh, AVP for corporate and foundation relations to... Uh, Uh, AVP for Economic Development and Research. So I've come to this from a variety of perspectives uh, at a, you know, a major public land grant university. And so when I got involved with AURP, um, I started to see opportunities to take on our, you know, traditional role of placemaking, but then uh, expand us to other avenues of uh, engagement. And so as you pointed out last you night, know, we had a great celebration of our founding in 1986. And among those members were some traditional research parks, university research parks, like Arizona S- uh, State University. And that's where it was in Tempe that the Articles of Incorporation were signed. <laughs> uh, and there was also Research Triangle Park, um, Edmonton Canada Research Park Authority. You know, So we were formed as an international organization. I think that's an important element here. Um, and uh, Central Florida Research Park um, and, and, and Rensselaer Polytechnic uh, Institute in New York so y- you can sense that we were geographically uh, diverse uh, we weren't just in Boston or Silicon Valley um, we were international and we did have a lot of you know universities as members but Places like Research Triangle Park, as uh, you know, I'm pointing out to more and more folks, is while uh, UNC, Duke, and Chapel Hill are, um, are members, uh, you know, physically, they're, they're, it's, the research park isn't there. Uh, uh, you know, Duke and uh, uh, NC State, I think, are thirty miles apart. Right. So it's real. It's really a regional tech hub. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at one of our, another long term member. Again, you know, Research Triangle Park is obviously a suburban setting. We have a University City Science Center that I know Wexer is very involved with uh, in downtown Philadelphia. Again, it's not owned by any particular university, Drexel and, you know, hospitals and, uh Penn are nearby but it is an example of a regional tech hub i would argue and you know they have stakeholders from new jersey and delaware uh as well as uh, pennsylvania so we've um so aurp uh despite our founding name of association of university research parks our growth has been actually in innovation districts uh you know, places like historically Research Triangle Park and U- University City Science Center, but places like Children's National Innovation Campus in, uh, in D.C., in, the former Walter Reed uh, site, that um, if you think about it, you know, hospitals are perfect places for innovation, but they have to be intentional. And here you have uh, a nationally known pediatric hospital building space for um for startups that work on medical devices for pediatrics, um, they have AJ Labs. You know that's Johnson and Johnson has a few uh, innovation incubator spaces across the country, and they picked they pick uh, Children's National as one of their uh, sites. So, but are
0: you seeing more of that that there that there are these multi stakeholder innovation districts emerging? What maybe with an yeah. academic medical center or a university as the as the central. Um, provider of talent, but many other stakeholders forming around them.
1: Yes, I mean, uh, you know, the the classic uh, uh, talent, you know, which is an important part for stakeholders. If you're a corporation, you want to be near the talent, uh, both the faculty talent and the student talent. So, you know, t- talent, um, innovation, you know. Technologies coming out of the uh, university and where we play the role is place, right? Also, you need talent, innovation, and place. So we particularly work on the placemaking. And um, we just had a session earlier today before this podcast with uh, folks from the EDA. Um, and as you probably know, there's a $1 billion, with a B, billion-dollar Build Back Better program, which includes... Uh, funding for regional tech hubs, sort of like what we have at Research Triangle and and others. But there's going to be um, 60 to 90 applicants are going to get $500,000 planning grants. That's a a lot of money for it planning. <laughs> and I
0: would expect you have a lot of members who are interested in it. I can probably name a dozen off the top of my head. Oh, yeah.
1: We we asked, uh, h- hands up, <laughs> how many people were either directly involved or, or part of a coalition that submitted the applications that were due literally uh, midnight last night uh-huh. and uh, like half of the room. So... You're going to see a lot of those members uh, be part of a coalition or an applicant or uh, application, and uh, the $500,000 is for the planning. But then the next phase is in mid-March of next year. Um, they're going to award uh, to maybe 30 uh, regions across the country $25 to to $100 million in infrastructure uh, 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 funding, and if you look at the uses of that infrastructure, Tom, you especially will be interested. In, you know, it specifically calls out uh, research parks, science parks, accelerators, incubators, uh, placemaking. And so, um, I think you know, for an organization like ours, this is unprecedented to have the federal government sort of create a new market. So, uh, yeah. so it's interesting. So
0: it, it, that in that. Actually, some of the base of uh, of the grant was uh, was a paper Julie Wagner and I wrote at the Global Institute on the amplifying impact that a a, a research park and innovation district can really have uh, across its geography, across its region, and, and across its economy. And so, when when I think about the kinds of members who are here at AURP and how they amplify, this is this is the place where investment really should be made, right?
1: Yes, and I read your paper, and I think the EDA I read your <laughs> yeah, paper, too, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, um, yeah, and, and, you know, and you asked about growth, so... Um, you know, our, our biggest growth has been things like hospitals, you know, federal labs. I mean, we've been pushing, I've been pushing a public policy to give federal labs more authority through something called enhanced use leasing, which um, only a few federal labs have, like DOD and and, uh, and Department of Energy. So a member, long-term member of AURP is the Sandia Lab uh, Research Park at next to, in, in Albuquerque. And, you know, that's next to Sandia Labs, which is a DOE lab. One of the strongest, uh, most secure <laughs> labs in the country because they deal with nuclear work. But they have they have a, um, a research park next yes. to them. And, you know, but we don't have one next to NIH, uh, you know, so that, that and it's not because not possible. It's because the policy, you know, NIH, HHS, HHS doesn't have that kind of flexibility Uh, and I would like to see more, uh, labs, but, but, and just to continue one, one discussion, because I I think this is consistent with what, you know, your paper talked about. You also see at Sandia labs, you know, they have a research park, which is great next to, um, Sandia labs, but also they then built a new collaboration center in downtown Albuquerque in in cooperation with the university of New Mexico, no badge needed, you know, you can, anyone can get in there. And so that's kind of what I'm seeing uh, in different places. Like even here in Utah, you know, in Salt Lake City, you know, there's a great national, you know, one, the research park of the year, uh, research park next to the University of Utah. But, you know, Utah and their... No bones about it. They also want to invest in downtown mm-hmm. Salt Lake, so they're going to be building, you know, some complementary space, maybe some academic, but also some innovation space in downtown. So you, I, I do see that as a, as another trend. Well, in, and in,
0: to go back to one of your original members, yeah. look at what Arizona State has done, right? Uh, from their original research park now to the to what they're doing on the Phoenix Biomedical Campus downtown, yes. and and I think five other campuses around the the region. Yes,
1: I am. I will say when I walk, you know, in downtown Phoenix. I don't know whether I'm on the campus or in downtown. I mean, it's it, it blurs together, and I mean that's that's good, right? It, you know, these uh, very specific uh, research parks that were, some of them were surrounded the old school model that you know that were separate from the university and out by themselves. You know, they they still serve a role, but but increasingly you're seeing exactly what you're talking about in Phoenix.
0: And it, it's interesting that over the years, particularly the last five or six years. I've seen AURP really take more of this role in inclusion right? and, and how these parks um, and innovation districts no longer are hard to find spatial geographies, but really do enroll the neighborhoods or a part of their cities, are more accessible to, to all people in all communities.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that is through a lot of our parks are organized, not necessarily through the university, but a university affiliated organization that can, that has the flexibility to, you know, go out and reach out to a community college or HBCU or whatever. And it also can do some interesting things. I mean, I'll just give you one quick example in College Park, you know, something called the Terrapin Development Corporation, which is a spin out. You know, they worked with the university and they built a joint city hall. The city of college park that also has space for university of maryland i think that's i think that's the first maybe not the last you know joint project where you have and talk about town gown relationships right. you have the town being built by the uh, an affiliated university foundation for by the hall. gown yes <laughs> by the gown yes exactly
0: wow so think about the, the the years that you've been with aurp both as its current ceo but all yes. of the time you spent here when you were at the University of Maryland. Yes. And, and previously, uh, talk a little bit about this evolution of the, the what the International Conference was like topic-wise a decade or more yeah. ago and really where it is today.
1: So um, I think, you know, 10 years ago, there was a lot of talk about, you know, FARs and, mm-hmm, <laughs> and uh, uh, that's for those of you who don't know, Florida area ratio. And, and you know, is more a developer uh, uh Discussed, and uh, and frankly, we we evolved because we didn't have the private sector, you know, not on our board, not, you know, and uh, it was very much the university research parks talking to themselves, which is fine, but um, we've brought in uh, private sector like Wexer and, and other partners. Um, The other thing that also happened is universities evolved, right? So they also then, you know, 10 years ago, not every university had an economic development official. Um, Clearly, many of them now are doing that, and they have community engagement and all of that. And that fits into, you know, we're we're building those facilities, but you need programming. And so the programming comes out of the university, in many cases, or the federal lab or the hospital. And so um, that evolution both within universities but also these uh, creating these affiliated or uh, re- real estate foundations or whatever to take on the business aspects, and it, that gives an opportunity for the university to be more mindful of uh, engagement with the community.
0: So, so we've talked about talent, we've talked about a bit about innovation. Let's yep. talk a little bit about that that third leg, place, yep. right? In, in the kind of placemaking um, topics that are that are going on now, and where you see placemaking going in the future.
1: So the one I'm really interested in is is wet lab space <laughs> because I mean that is very hard to finance. That's very hard to sustain. Um, and I mean, if you're a big pharmaceutical company, yeah, that's not an issue. But if you're a startup or whatever, uh, you need the place. And you know, I was thinking about that. I read the Codebreakers. You know, the mm-hmm. the novel about uh, uh, Nobel Prize winning uh, uh, recipient, uh, Doudna from uh, Berkeley. And and yep. you know, she did. When she started some of her research, I mean, she needed space, you know, at at Berkeley, but she also did a startup company and it had to be nearby and it had to have the right kind of equipment. So I don't think there's enough um, appreciation for the folks that are building wet labs and facilities where the great scientists can go to then, uh, you know, grow their companies because that's a necessary part of the ecosystem and sometimes I don't think they get enough credit. I mean, obviously the scientists... Uh, are the necessary partner, but you do need facilities and probably not enough communities have those kind of research ready spaces that um, can build a, um, an ecosystem. And luckily in Berkeley you did, but you know in Des Moines maybe you don't.
0: And that may be a place where this Build Back Better funding comes into play to enable communities um, that that are more like Ames or, or Gainesville or Athens or, or West Lafayette, Indiana, or you name a, yeah. a number of, of smaller cities, but all have a, a major research institution. Um, but the dynamics of the real estate may not enable allow for immediately that kind of very expensive space without some sort uh, of maybe buffer um, to make it affordable, right for right. for
1: these these startups. So right now, absolutely. That's I mean, I expect maybe a third, you know, of these build back better uh, are going to have some kind of life science, whether it's ag science or life yep. science or, or whatever. And yes, and you can't do these one off because the EDA is quite clear. I mean, they have many principles, including diversity, equity, and inclusion, but but also sust- sustainability. And I, I mean, from a green perspective, but also. You know, you need to show a plan. Once the EDA facilities funding, how you're going to continue to operate? So, you know, the local community has to step up, a private industry, or, or in, the universities and whomever to, um, you know, create that sustainable uh, infrastructure.
0: So, uh, let me ask you: the biggest surprise that you've kind of that that what surprised you since you've been CEO of AURP? in in topics, in membership, in in the organization itself that
1: you didn't see coming? Be, I mean, besides I, I, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will admit I did not see that coming. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I would say there's a, a, a number of uh, global things that happened uh, that, you know, supported us. Um, uh, the as we talked about the the Build Back Better program I mean an, another thing ARPA-H you know that's the Advanced Research Project Agency for Health mm-hmm. you know that's you know, depending on what they find the numbers, but that could be $3 billion to $6 billion new program, and that's very much translational research. So that's going to be driven, you know, maybe it's not going to take place in the, at a university because it's so translational. Maybe it'll be at an innovation district or some of the new um, facilities that are uh, spurred by Build Back Better. So I, I think this thing that surprised me is I don't control that, but Congress... <laughs> You know, uh, it's bipartisan. There, There is a, a interest of making the nation more competitive, uh, you know, to compete with China, among other things. And that just happened to come along when we happened to have an organization. And we're a nonprofit. You know, we invite all comers. We, we have no skin in the game for any particular group. But we want to make the um, U.S. and, and other parts of the country because we are global you know more competitive from a technology standpoint and so it's 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 those are things i don't control but it's it's our future is very bright yeah it it, it
0: certainly is and 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 under your leadership and that of your your team um you've done a tremendous job with the organization let's leave with one question it's a personal one okay tell me something about yourself that might surprise our listeners that they might not know about you
1: I'm a seventh son. So in Irish uh, folklore, oh, wow. a seventh son has a certain amount of, uh, of uh, I don't know, powers. But then the seventh son of a seventh son has even more. And so what I told my wife... Was, wasn't my wife at the time that you know I was a seventh son and I told her about the seventh son of a seventh son. She said it's not happening. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I do have three children, one a son, but it, that's pretty much it. Oh, so. well, well, tremendous! <laughs> well,
0: uh, outstanding. Well, again, Brian, thank you so much for, for your leadership of AURP for this great conference, which I think is breaking records in terms of attendance, sponsorship, sessions. It, it's been a Uh, one of the better conferences that I can remember, and I think it shows this is a very social group that really needs that interaction.
1: Well, great. Thanks, Tom. And thanks to Wexford for being a sponsor and and to all your uh, team here in Salt Lake.
0: Well, it's certainly our pleasure. This has been The Commons live at AURP 2021. My guest is Brian Darmody. He is the CEO of AURP. Thanks for listening. The Commons is a production of Wexford Science and Technology, LLC and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guest to view additional material about today's episode submit questions or story ideas or learn more about wexford science and technology please visit www.wexfordscitech.com forward slash the commons i'm your host tom osha thanks for listening